Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. This, this book, this uh, first book came out and uh, the first launch was at Mike and Monica's house. And I think it was like August or something last year. Thank you so much. They, like I say, they've been helping right from the very start. And we wrote this book for three reasons. I wanted to give a testimony of how God took my life to another level. The subheading is discover the next chapter of your life. And as I share about Home of Hope, I, I want to p- kind of apply points to all of us here. No matter where you're at in life, I believe God has another chapter for you. Maybe you've really messed up. Maybe you've made some really big mistakes. Maybe your life is kind of plateaued and boring. I know a number of books, uh, people came up to me and said, Brian, my kids just moved out. I don't know what the future holds. And we got about three chapters in the book that help. Well, basically what I took Bible college stuff from 40-some years ago and 44 years of being a pastor, trying to put practical, I don't like just writing, writing stuff, practical action steps that can help every one of us. Like simple little, starting with simple things, read your Bible every day. If you need a new chapter, if you want Jesus to come into your life, if your life is boring, you, you just, you're, you're frustrated, start with the Bible. Start reading the Bible, and God speaks from the Bible, especially if you have faith. You can just say, God, please speak to me in the best way, the number one way God ever speaks to us, ever, is in the Bible. Why don't you just nudge your neighbor and say, read your Bible a little bit more. There's no excuse for not reading your Bible. You, you can get the audio Bible for free. And it has all kinds. Of, you know, I was at, what, I like Chinese food, and I was at this Chinese restaurant, and I always try to share Jesus with this, with anybody. I was sharing uh, Jesus with the clerk at the hotel. Let me tell you about that. I was inviting her, and she goes, I'm a Sikh. And I said, you're still invited. <laughs> Jesus, you know, we have a saying, every, uh, you know, everyone needs Jesus, and everyone needs a home. And uh, she said she would have came this morning because she's never been to a Christian church and wanted to experiment what it's So I gave her a card and I wrote down the name. You know, a lot of people can come to your website and check you out first. You know, we got to keep sharing Jesus all the time because that will take you to another level. Because if you're living in, I can buy myself flowers, you're missing out on so many things. You need people. You need to share Jesus with other people because you get blessed when you give. A selfish person, the Bible says, gets uh, the world of the selfish gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So everybody in this world, you know, listen to our grandfather. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God's got more for you. Let's go to another level. Discover the next chapter of your life. How you, are, you can find out you're meant for more and you have a great destiny. Somebody say this with me. A great destiny. And a high calling from God. Isn't that amazing? I really believe that. And uh, so part of this book is about my testimony. And I was, I was happy. I was comfortable. I was a traveling evangelist. And then this woman prophet prophesied over me and wrecked my life. <laughs> she said, Brian, I see this map of Africa. I see churches, churches, churches. And she goes, she eyes get bigger. And she says, you need to go to Rwanda and help orphans. And in my heart, I go, I don't want to go to Africa. <laughs> and I don't want to help orphans. But I talked to Pastor Mel and uh, listened to that prophecy over and over, and I thought, well, 
Bible says you'll get blessed if you obey the prophets. And then I felt God leading me, and we booked a ticket, and we went and went to Rwanda. You know, I, uh, I love watching hockey, watching uh, Oilers. By the way, they win. Hey, man, they're getting good. Yeah. Connor McDavid, like, whoa, by just talking about Jesus first, right? And I would flip the channels when the little orphans came on TV with World Vision or different. I just flip the channel, flip the channel, flip the channel. Thank God for PVR. Mike, you taught me about PVR. First time I ever heard it was PVR. Mentioned it to Connie, and Connie got me PVR. I buy her flowers. She buys me PVR. It's the greatest birthday present she's ever given me, PVR. <laughs> and uh, then you go to Rwanda, and you see desperate kids with your own eyes. My life was changed. Because you can't flip the channel. And the Bible says if you see someone in desperate need, 1 John 3.17, if you see someone in desperate need and walk away, the love of God is not in your heart. You have to be pretty cold as a Christian especially. Because Jesus so loved the world, he gave his only son. And Jesus comes into our hearts. And I can say with a truth, I'm bragging on Jesus. Brian, in, his, in, in the Brian Thompson nature, was selfish, and I flipped the channel. But when God told me to go, and I obeyed God, when I saw four children, I felt the love of God flush into me like Niagara Falls. And it changed my life. And I give that as a testimony. Not that all of you have to go to Africa, or you have to, you know, travel. You know, maybe Monica can come and travel with, with me again and help orphans, but you got to do what God wants you to do. He has another chapter for you. And these are the first four orphans that I met in Africa. And these four children, their father had just died of HIV AIDS, and the mother was dying in the fourth stage of AIDS. And uh, I asked the pastor where I was preaching, I said, do you know any orphans? Stupid question. And he took me down this little path, cow path, and round the corner and all this bumpy ground of Rwanda. And we saw these four children sitting there. And the love of God hit me right there. And we made sure those kids were cared for. In fact, we went to pray for the mother who was dying of age. She was completely skin and bones, the, the skinniest lady I've ever seen in my life. And we laid hands on her in the name of Jesus, and God healed her. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah! She got stronger and stronger and came out of that hospital. And one of the things I love, people say, Brian, what do you like best about your book? When doing this, this was 16 years ago, and now 16 late years later, we've got all the pictures of, well, not, you know, not many pictures. This, this was 15 years old, uh, ago where uh, I see it on the back screen, but I don't see it there. Okay. And uh, this, this young boy is the one on the left that Connie and I stayed sponsoring. We put all four of these kids in our fridge at that time. And people came over, and they stole those kids off of our fridge, saying, we want a sponsor. So I had to take the boy on the left, and I put him in our bedroom. <laughs> no, nobody's stealing him. And this is 15 years later. Look at that. Can you give God praise? <laughs> bachelor diploma or bachelor degree in business, and he's helping Home of Hope today. And the next uh, picture is, look at all that. These wonderful people 15 years later. Helping kids. You rescue them. You help them. But then 15 years later, it's so, it's so rewarding. Let me tell you, when you do what God wants you to do, it is so fulfilling. I can buy myself flowers. You are in a tough world. <laughs> Let Jesus buy you flowers. <laughs> As I was on the airplane coming home, 
the lady beside me asked, what did, what did you do in Rwanda? And I could not get one sentence out. I started crying. And I cried and cried and cried. And my friend Elroy, who's in heaven today, moved over and was telling these stories. And I cried and cried and cried in that, on that plane. And I'm asking God what he's doing. And he gave me this verse, Romans 5, 5, that took me, you know, at, I was at level zero. No compassion for kids and not, no interest to do it. I was busy. I was busy serving God. But nothing in this area. Then God took me to another level with Romans 5, 5. The love of God has been poured, it's not a little drop, poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And when I was riding on that plane all the way home, I just felt God just pouring. It wasn't just a five-second pour. It was just like it was like an IV, just dripping. <laughs> drip, cry, cry, drip, cry, cry. Come home and talk to my wife. How did your trip go? I start crying. Pastor Mel, my pastor, he's been my one and only pastor for 45 years. How did your trip go? And when you cry in front of your pastor, it's got to be pretty bad. These orphans. <laughs> First, or 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7 is another verse that hit me. I preached on this for many years. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God's given you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. I've preached, I used to be scared, a scared little farm boy, scared of the dark. I've studied fear out. He's also given his power. I've talked about the power and praying for the sick. And I've never majored on love. And at this time, 16 years ago, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love. God just pouring his love and his love and his love. And I come home and I'm just everywhere I'm preaching. I just have to talk about these orphans. And we started a charity. I didn't plan on starting a charity. It just kind of grew and grew because God was in it. And then um, after... Helping four kids, it grew to 20 kids, and then another level happened to me. We found out there was a little baby that was born, and the mother didn't want the baby. She went to the Rwandan outhouse and threw the baby down to the outhouse. I've seen some outhouses that are 60, 100 feet deep. And another lady came by and heard, she was going to the washroom, heard the baby crying, laying down there in the sewer, called for some help, and they fished the little baby out. And that mother and the sponsor that we found, the sponsor, that little baby, named her Mary Noella. And I'm sorry we don't have a picture of her as a baby, but this is her as a little girl found in a outhouse. And this is different. This is not just a poor child or something. This is a baby thrown away. And that's where God took me even to another level. Do you want to see her 16 years later? Look at this. A wonderful, wonderful girl, and she wants to be a doctor. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it's so exciting to be able to help a little baby, help a little child, and now help her as a, as a young woman. Someday she'll be a doctor just because someone cared. You know, I go, I, Connie and I were in Africa in December, and my favorite message, I love teaching kids. Pastor Mel wants to go to a pastor's conference, and we, we have 100 churches we've started. I said, Pastor Mel, I never want to go without helping kids. And you know, my main message to the kids was a guy named Aaron Judge. Anybody know Aaron Judge? Anybody watch football or baseball at all? Is it just Oiler country? It's New York Yankees, I'm sorry. Aaron Judd is the home run hitter and won all the home run, home run, home run. He's like six foot four. Do you know what? He is an orphan. 
His mother didn't want him, and this is a lot like, like the Blindside movie. And I have a picture of this six foot four champion baseball player making, I don't know what they make, $100 million or something crazy. And here's this short little white woman who is the mom that loved Aaron Judd, didn't know he was going to be a multimillionaire, didn't know, but that little mother helped coach that. You know, there's something so fulfilling, isn't it? Can you give God praise? I just love that story. So I go to those orphans. I said, maybe some parent didn't want you. Maybe you were a product of some rape or whatever story, whatever your history. It doesn't matter. God has another chapter for you. Jesus can pick you up and make something out of your life. So I went from helping, no caring, to helping orphans, to helping babies, throwing away in the garbage. Then we went, and uh, 13 years ago, we started something called the Dream Center, where we found out in Nairobi they're throwing away babies on a regular basis. And I want you to give a hand to your pastor, Monica, who went with me about 12 years ago and stood. Look at that, right there. Give her a hand. She, pretty woman, nice blue silk shirt. It feels so, I gave her a hug and I go, oh, it feels so. Look at that. She's out in the 30-acre dump downtown Nairobi. Imagine Calgary with a 30-acre dump right in the middle. And that's where they took they took little boys and tied them to trees that we rescued to die there. A little boy that was totally deaf and totally mute. The parents didn't want him anymore. They took him to that slum. We rescued him. Amen. His name is Lucas. Sponsors have sponsored him. Amen. 30-acre dump. Then plus there's slums. Slums of seven. We walked down the little tiny ugly, you know, it's about this wide. If you get closer, the metal shed roof will cut your arm. And you get tonight, whatever it's called, tetanus. And you're kind of walking. You step on this rock because the sewer is running right down the street. And you go like this. And once my foot slipped and my foot went right into the sewer. And praise the Lord. <laughs> and Monica's there going, <laughs> Brian, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to. It's tough stuff. But babies were rescued there, and we went to another level. Here's the first baby that we rescued. He was thrown away in a plastic bag with his umbilical cord still attached, and there he is in 2023. Can you give God praise? Look at that. Samuel. This is what our ministry does. We, don't, we rescue a baby. The baby doesn't have a name. And this sponsor named him, he, they searched in the Bible, Samuel may, name means, in the Bible, God heard my prayer. God heard the prayer of that little boy. And look, at, look at the, where he is now. And all of our kids, we're coaching them that they have a destiny. What do you want to do? Like, like Mary Noella wants to be a doctor. All these kids want to do something. So thank you so much, home. Uh, thank you so much for all that you've done. I was just thinking of J.D., our son-in-law. Pastor J.D. is in the back room teaching all the kids. Your kids' ministry sponsors two babies that were thrown away. Your, your Sunday school, your children's ministry. Amen. I said, J.D., can I just come? Connie, you come and talk. I want to go out there and hear what's happening. And they're going to write 80 little cards to, for me to deliver. April the 6th, I'm going back to take to the two kids you sponsor as a church. Babies thrown away, live in the garbage. We had to put up these three signs. Please don't throw away your baby. And the number one thing that happens, we're having 14-year-old girls are the biggest category. And especially through the pandemic and Ill illiteracy and the problem with uh, starving, 
most of these babies are born malnourished because the mothers are teenagers and malnourished themselves. And so the whole ministry of rescuing babies is bigger than ever. You hope it would be dying down, but it's not. It's bigger and bigger and bigger. And we still get 10 to 15 calls a day. And many of the teenage girls that call, we invite them to church. They give their lives to Jesus, and they keep the baby, and we give them a microloan so they can keep their baby. Amen. Hallelujah. Of course, there's still many babies that are abandoned. Ladies go to the hospital. They have the baby, and they sneak out and run away. Can't find him. Here's a wonderful picture that our daughter, Chris, had put together. Five rescued babies over the years. Look at this. This is so good. I pray over this one a lot. So there's the five babies. Then 2014 and 2000 or 2020. I should get another picture. Connie, you write it down? We can write it, get another updated picture of these five kids where it all started. Those are some good stories. The, the most recent story was a baby that was abandoned. And like I say, many babies are malnourished. If you put up the picture next this little baby we put on Facebook. If you want to follow Home of Hope on Facebook or Home of Hope Dream Center on Facebook, uh, this little baby was on, well, we didn't put that one on Facebook. It is, it is very emotional. But we put a picture of Caleb on, and someone sponsored the boy and named him Caleb. And since we rescued him, he's been in the hospital for four months, or sorry, four weeks and this week he's getting, or last week he got an operation of a cleft palate just because of his body not uh, fully developed. So all of our children in Rwanda that are sponsored and in the slums of Kenya that are sponsored are $50. $50. And Connie, tell us a little bit more about the sponsorship program. I'm so glad my wife changed her work and she works three days a week with Homo Hope now. So thank you so much. Um, so Brian just wanted me to explain a little bit about our table out there because we have a lot of um, papers on it. So one of the things that we have is, um, we, it's evolved. <laughs> we keep learning about what works. So um, when Brian first was talking about those pictures, we just had a picture. Now we keep, put some information on it. And um, so each one of, there's, different sections. There's Kenya, the Dream Center, our caregivers, an education fund, and Rwanda. So I'll go back and kind of explain a little bit. But in Rwanda, as Brian mentioned, a lot of the kids um, are just live with a single parent and usually, well, always, it's a mom. Usually a sick mother or yeah, AIDS. Or, they, or with their grandmother. And it costs about $50 a month for them to get food, clothes, and school. Go to church. And go to church. And so we make sure that they are um, cared for and that they have a future. Um, so then, and then also in Kenya, in some of these slums, if they live in the slum, it, we again, it costs $50 a month basically, and the money goes to the child's bank account. So there's, nobody can steal their money. And we just want to be able to um, change the destiny of those children because most of them are raised by a mother who was raised by her mother in the slum. They've lived in that slum for generations. And so we want to bring them out of poverty and into some kind of life. Um, the kids that were rescued into the Dream Center uh, were they had nothing. They have no parents. 
they have no birth certificate, they have, <laughs> they are a nobody yeah. and, until they are registered and they get their, um, their birth certificate and their, anyways, so they have nobody to look after them or to help them to get further. So they're brought into the Dream Center, they get 24-hour care, sometimes they're at the hospital or whatever. Um, then we found out that they need to carry on into more education. And so we were happy to be able to not have kids in an orphanage all of their lives. So many of them have moved into family units that, so they have become a family. They have- Four rescued children, yeah. six rescued children with parents. Yes, and so they have parents, they have family, and it's something they've never experienced before. But then they have education. And because they were in the Dream Center and they got an excellent education, they write exams and the government decides based on their exam, where they will go, and they're sent to boarding school for their high school. Well, we just found that out. <laughs> we, well, all the, we rescue babies, now they're old enough yeah, to go into this next Yeah, now they're old enough to level. go into this next um, op opportunity. But so then we decided, actually we were praying, and God spoke to us that we needed to start an education fund, because all of a sudden, like the government does not pay they just send. <laughs> so um, here's a little slide here that talks about the education fund. There are now teenagers. These are David and Moses that were brothers that were, were kept found, together. They were found in the slum, living in the slum. And they were saved. Uh, and, in the dump. In the dump. And, brought, and now there they are with their uniforms going to school. And they are very happy. And I love this verse. For Samuel, let me read it, sorry. 1 Samuel 2.8, he raises the poor from the dust and the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. We want those kids. In fact, it was a sponsor who talked about this. He said, I want my kids to have the best. I want you to treat them like princes. And so that's what we, that's become our theme, that we want them to be able to do what they're called to do, to be able to do the dreams that God has put in their lives. And so that's why we started the education fund. So we pull the children out of the dump or out of the slum, and we lift them up and we treat them royalty on a throne of, of honor from God. Isn't that amazing? That's yes. our verse. Yeah. And so any, thank you. So any of you, you'd like to sponsor $50 for a child in Rwanda that lives with a sick mother or in Kenya that lives in the slum with a sick mother or the, the baby rescue where you can name the babies where there were seven babies rescued last week. So there's, and most of those don't have names. And it's quite emotional. Our son, Braden, named this little girl Anai. He said, Dad, that was really hard. He took about a month to name the girl. <laughs> researching names, one, one English name and one uh, Swahili name, and uh, we just bought her a, a bicycle. She turned 13. Hallelujah. We're yeah. just watching her all the way along, so it's, just, it's a wonderful thing, and you can go, you can sponsor a child, and you can go maybe with Pastor Monica on a team and go meet your child. She said if a hundred children get sponsored, she'll go back to Africa again, because it's tough. <laughs> so we also wanted to let you know that every gift matters. We appreciate yeah. every amount that comes in, and if it's one time or if it's monthly, if it's $10, if it's 
$150. Like, we just really want you to know that we appreciate every little bit because um, it goes to help kids. Thank you, Connie. <laughs> you know, this a couple of verses. My time, I can't believe how fast time goes. You know, when God told us to do this, we live by faith as traveling evangelists. And God gave me this promise, Proverbs 28, 27. I'm sorry, it's not on the screen. Give to the poor and you will lack nothing. And when I saw that, God told me, Brian, if you take care of the poor, I'm going to take care of you. And I can testify, Connie and I, the last 16 years have been the easiest financial time of our life. And I want to encourage you that as you do, do what God wants you to do, but that's a biblical promise. Take care of the poor. Find someone poorer than you. Proverbs 11:25 it says, help others and you will gain more for yourself. Can we pray together? Lord, I just thank you that every person in this room is meant for more. Thank you, Lord, that every person in this room has another chapter that you have for them. And Lord, even as you led me to Jesus when I was 16, you gave me another chapter and another chapter. And in this last 16 years, Lord, I thank you so much for the way you prodded me and pushed me into another chapter. And my prayer is for everybody in this room, Lord, that they can get connected with you, Lord, that they can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that they can read their Bible, and they can be as excited and as fulfilled even as Connie and I when we do what you called us to do. Just as we're praying here for a minute, I just encourage you to just talk to the Lord. Saul on the road to Damascus said this, said this prayer. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then just listen to the Lord. Go home and read your Bible. Then have some time with God. Just eight, eight words. Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, said that Jesus, as she encouraged him to do the first miracle, he said, Jesus, she said, Jesus, these people have a shortage. Come on, Jesus, do a miracle. And the servants came and Jesus told the servants. Mary said to the servants, go talk to Jesus and do whatever he tells you to do. And most of you know the story. When they did what Jesus told them to do, the water turned into wine. The shortage was over. The miracle came. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you can start a new chapter. It doesn't matter at all what the past has been. Old things are passed away. Everything can become new. As we come to a closing prayer, I encourage you to pray a prayer like that. Jesus, come into my life. Wash away my sins. I want a new chapter of following, following you and falling in love with you and doing what you called us to do. And Lord, I pray for everybody here that has another level, Lord. Help us do what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.